Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. And, and uh, this story we're going to read in a moment is so powerful because it, without the triumphal entry, Nothing else would have actually mattered. The triumphal entry is one of the most important and overlooked events that carries us into the gospel because when Jesus walked in, as he walks in, he he carries himself in defining who he is. He's he's not just... they, They all knew him as a prophet. They all knew him... As a, uh, as a good man. Uh, 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 they, he was known as one who healed the sick. Now, they didn't understand, Israel didn't understand his power or, or where he came from, but they knew he did wonderful things for the people and, and they knew how he kind of, he rebalanced the positions of power and kind of, um, just disabled the the muted as it was probably a better word he muted the power of the Pharisees and 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 gave a lift to the common man and uh, everyone loves someone who who helps the underdog don't they they and Jesus just comes in he kind of he rebalances the positions of power and and so he's he's fully appreciated as as Jesus this incredible man but but Jesus. He has to walk into Jerusalem. He has to determine and ride into Jerusalem to reveal who he really is and reveal his intentionality, reveal the values of who he is. And and so he rides in and, and, you know, the way you enter into a room is as important today as it was then. The attitude you bring with you Changes everything about how you're received. So a lot of people, you can you can get some really good people with intelligent people and great good hearts and and done great things. But you walk into a room with a bad attitude, everything that you are, everything you were is is now of no value because what you rode in on entirely undermines who you are. Um, When uh, when Heidi and Chaz were getting married, and uh, that was like a sort of a big of, uh, event, of the weddings with, with um, Josephine Joe, and, and uh, they sort of went, it, it was a big event, more for Cheryl, right? Weddings are a, are a big event um, for, the, the, uh, for the ladies, aren't they? And uh, they've got to walk in right, and particularly for, for, uh, for Cheryl with Mother of the Bride, and it's like, She's got a. She's got to look right. And I see. See, I'm married to a beautiful woman, right? I. I don't need to. Everyone knows Cheryl's beautiful, but it's right. So I know Cheryl, but like it's not enough, right? So for a wedding, it's like, I mean, you've got lots. Of, I mean, she's got a wardrobe full of nice clothes, right? But for the wedding, she has to go out and like find a dress. It's like this this epic journey, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, she went, and it's like, and, and the wedding, it's, it's all right. It's like, it, because it's all about, it's all about how she walks in. And, 
And she's beautiful, but she's still spent an hour and with an assistant to put her face on. It's like... <laughs> I mean, I could understand it if you look like the backside of a bus, but... <laughs> but you don't, right? You're, you're still... You're, you're 50th year, but you're doing all right. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but nonetheless, nonetheless... How you walk in. And here's the thing. It's like the bride. When the bride, like, Chaz fell in love with my daughter. And uh, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm like, well done, Heidi. You've got to get them handsome. You've got to get them strong. <laughs> you meant to get them rich. But, you know, two out of, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's always time, yeah. but not in the ministry. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, but here's things. So, so, so Chaz and Heidi fall in love, and and they they're going to get married, and they've been courting for like five years, and and they know it, they knew each other uh, for all that time, but for Heidi's wedding. It wasn't going to be like, well, we know each other. It's like, you know, I'm going to just put on something nice for a, a party. It was all about the entrance. It was, yeah. and that's for the, for the bride. It's, it's all about how you walk in because how you walk in is, is the, is a definition of the intentionality of how you're approaching your whole life. It's about how this is our, my wedding day. This is the beginning of something new. And, and so I'm walking in, in, in that beauty and that purity. And, and that's how you walk in. And so, so we have to understand when Jesus was, was coming into Jerusalem, it, it, it's, it, it's not just enough. It wasn't enough for Jesus to be the Son of God. He, he had to walk in. And reveal his intentionality. He had to reveal who he was. And so let's pick it up in Matthew's gospel. Matthew 21 verse 1 says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the mountain of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road, Others cut down their branches from the trees and spread them. And then the multitudes who went before those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, up until this point, Jesus had been ministering out of his love, but he had yet to reveal his deity. He had revealed his compassion and his disciples had 
got revelation of who he was, but the multitudes had not. And yet Jesus comes in on a donkey. And this is really important because we fail to understand that what you ride in on determines what your intention is. And Jesus came in on a donkey and, and riding a king riding on a donkey was different than a king riding on a horse. When a king rides in on a horse, it reveals the intentionality of war. And when, see, war is sometimes necessary. We read in Revelation that there will be a final epic battle with the evil one and the king of kings, our saviour, will ride in on a war horse. But here's the thing, with a war there comes a breakthrough, but it comes at a cost. War doesn't bring everything that you need. It resolves some issues, but gives you lots more. Jesus is the victor over all things. When Jesus, the king, came, he came riding on a donkey. And when a king rode on a donkey, it was the sign of peace, not the sign of war. And so we read... Um, later on, we read actually in the Old Testament. Let me read it to you, Zechariah. This is the prophecy. Zechariah is actually of the Old Testament prophets, prophet. Zechariah is the one who prophesies most of the Messiah. There's more messianic prophecies in Zechariah than any of the other uh, of the Old Testament prophets. And, and he prophesies his in Zechariah 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He who is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Now we need to understand what Jesus was doing when he was riding on a donkey. He wasn't just being humble. Oh, look at me, I'm being humble. He was declaring a place of spiritual strength and breakthrough and prosperity by saying, I am the king of peace. I've already won. I'm already reigning supreme. When David set his son Solomon as king over Israel, Solomon was king over a a period of 40 years. He had no wars. He was a king of incredible peace and an incredible financial prosperity, which was a a sign of the spiritual evidence of what peace brings. He rode in on a donkey, not on a horse. So David said, um, to the priest um, whose name I forget, uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan was the prophet and Zadok was the priest. That's right, it's come back to me. And he says to them, he says, take Solomon and put him on a donkey and ride in Jerusalem and say, long live the king. And so that is a prophetic sign of what happens when Jesus came riding in. He rode in on a donkey 
And as he comes in, he's declaring to a people, see the people understand the, the imagery of what, he's, what they're seeing. Here is a king figure, he's riding on a donkey. That means that he's already won. That means that we have peace. That means we have prosperity. That means that everything that has been stolen shall be returned to us double. We're living in a different environment. And I need you to understand that how we ride in makes all the difference. How we enter into any environment is as important as the core values of what we carry on the inside. So we, you can carry a, a belief system of faith. You can carry a, a value system, a, a belief system. I love Jesus, but if you're living in a context and environment that you're not riding with the humility of Christ, if you're not coming in on that donkey of humility, if you're not bringing that which Christ has achieved for you, then it reveals that you're not walking in the intentionality of which Christ has got for you, which means you wow. can't re- receive the inheritance. Wow. Yeah. Let me show you something. This is a scripture that would always bother me, and it would bother me because I was raised in a church environment that said God's chosen some to be saved and some not. I don't believe that's true. I never believed it was true. I used to sit there. I remember my parents, they were raised with it as well. And they didn't believe it was true either. And, and we didn't believe it was true. But we didn't know because we had no theological context to be able to say otherwise. And so then you get thrown some scriptures which make it sound like it's true. But actually it's a twist of what is the intentionality of Christ. Christ came to love the whole world. You, yeah. you don't love the whole world and then send most of them to hell, right? You don't love the whole world and then say, yeah, you're not invited. It was a sick joke. (laughs) Hello? God loves the whole world. He loves the whole world. He loves everyone. There there are people who live in the flats next door. Right? I was walking up here and I saw someone come to the window. They could hear us laughing and shouting out here. (laughs) So we're noisy like a nightclub. And uh, I could see the neighbours and they were looking out. You know what? Jesus loves that person yeah. as much as he loves you. Yeah. Yeah. His, love for you. his love for you didn't increase a bit more because you worship louder. Yeah. His love for that person yeah. is as great as his love for you. Yeah. He, loves, he loves the whole world. Mm-hmm. Now let me read you a scripture that throws all that up in the air. Matthew 22. Then they said to his, Matthew 22, verse 18. Eight, sorry, eight. Just confusing. Put a bit of panic at the back there, Gloria. 22, eight. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Jesus Jesus is telling the story of a great king who had in, put out a wedding invitation uh, to all the people. It's a, it's a story of the nation of Israel rejecting yeah. Jesus. It's a, that's basically the story. And he says, the wedding, and they had said, sorry, in the previous verses, they said, come to the wedding. and said, sorry, I, I've, um, I've bought a wife and married a cow. No, it's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's what we used to sing in Sunday school. I, I, I bought a wife and married a cow. It's a, I, I, <laughs> I, I married a wife and bought a cow. And uh, it's a song, right? And uh, it's a children's Sunday school song. We used to sing it, but we used to flip the words. And uh, so... <laughs> If you've no idea what I'm talking about, please don't come and ask me after. <laughs> the, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out in the highways and gathered together all of, those, them, all of whom they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend... How did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servant, Bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. That's a horrible scripture right there, isn't it? That's troubling, but it's not if you understand the context. Right? Jesus is telling the story of an incredible redemptive promise that, he offered salvation to a nation who rejected his offer, but he says, my intentionality was always to save the whole earth. Yeah. So he says to his servants, go out into the highways and the byways and gather everyone you can find. And everybody else was like, a wedding? Yeah, <laughs> I'm coming. And it says they gathered the good and the bad. Then the king comes in and finds one man. Not the bad man, one man. Are you with me here? The good and the bad. So there's, there's good people in there, there's bad people. What is that? That's, there were human people there. There were just you and I. There were people with a background, people with a past, people with stories that shouldn't be told. <laughs> there were people there. And he gathered them all, but he finds one man who's not wearing the clothes. Here's the amazing thing. Is here's what we do. When Jesus is telling the story, there's an understanding of context that Jesus doesn't add because they understood. You know how you tell a story to people who understand the background. You don't have to tell the extra details that we don't know now. One of those details was when a king put on a wedding, he didn't just put on a wedding. He put on a wedding, but he had a wardrobe of clothes that the guests were to wear. That was an oriental wedding context. When the king put on a wedding, the only way you could go to the wedding that he put on was to wear the clothes he gave you. And if you rejected the clothes, then you insulted the king who invited you to go. So here is... This incredible invitation that's gone out to everyone to go, and they've everyone's gone, yeah, I'm coming. And then one man's gone, he's, they've gone, these are the clothes you've been. And one man's gone, oh, I've just bought new clothes. Oh, this would do. I'll come with this attitude. I'll, I'll just ride in wearing this. And the king says, how did you get in wearing that? These are the clothes that you're meant to put on. And, and why are you not wearing what I gave you for free? Because look at the crowd. I mean, no one here deserves 
to be here, all you had to do was accept what I gave you. It says in Colossians, it also says in, in Romans, let me read this to you. It says, in fact, I've got a few scriptures here. I'll just see which ones. Colossians, let's read Colossians 3, verse 10. And having put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Colossians 3, verse 10. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all. And in all, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Who are the elect? The whole earth. The whole earth. He called to his kingdom. The whole earth was chosen. But everyone has a choice. To put on Christ. Many of us can say, oh, I believe Jesus, but, you know, I've got this offense. You can't carry offense because if you're carrying offense, you carry her, you carry an attitude, you carry some unbelief, you carry some habits which don't line up with the kingdom of God. You're saying, I'm coming to the wedding, but I'm not wearing the clothes you offered me. I I accept the invitation, but I'm just going to sneak in the back door. Don't worry about your clothes. Choice is up to us to put on Christ. Let me just finish this with this scripture. James Chapter 3, verses 12 to 18 says this. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show good conduct, conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. I preached on this a couple of years ago. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people are very confused about the spiritual realm, and they think there is a natural world, and then there is a spiritual world. And in the spiritual world, you have kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness and there's kind of this epic battle between the kingdom and we in the natural world we can either choose the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness there's this mystical world but it's not how it works you must understand that all humanity humanity lives in a place of paradox and that paradox is this all of man has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we are morally corrupt naturally we also carry the fingerprint of the savior the creator of the king who loves the whole of the corrupt broken world loves us there's 
there's something of this incredible nature that God looks at us and goes, I made you in my image. And while you do not reflect my image, I made you in my image and I'm going to save you and reveal the goodness of what I created so that we may be joined together in perfection. That's the paradox. That's, that's the great conflict of humanity. So the demonic realm is not another realm. The Bible says, James says here quite clearly, he says, if you have bitter envy or self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly. This is earthly. My shoes are earthly. It's just, it's natural. It's human reason. It's natural. Earthly. Sensual. It's have you ever gone from natural reason to reasoning anger? You know what that feeling's like? You go from natural reason to reasoning anger and you feel this sensual kind of like yeah. <laughs> earthly, sensual. Most people don't realize the next step from that is demonic. It's just part of the, it's part of the same wedge. You go earthly, sensual, demonic. But the demonic realm is an extension of the natural sinful world. The kingdom of God is not in competition with that at all. Jesus Christ died upon a cross that he may put Satan under his feet and crush him. He reigns supreme over all of those things. When I give my life to Jesus Christ, I lay down the power of flesh. I lay down the power of the earthly, the sensual and the demonic. And I put on the robes of Jesus Christ that I may be set free from all of those things. There is not a competition in the realm of the spirit. I have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ who washed me clean. Isn't it critically important that we determine within our heart, it's not enough to just say, oh I've done good things or I'm a good person I read my Bible, but we make sure that we put on all humility, we put on and we come into the house of God we come into the place of work we come in riding on the humility of God's salvation and we bring with it a peace that brings incredible breakthrough, incredible Incredible prosperity, incredible healing and redemption. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.